I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Way Up North podcast, the podcast series where we get to know the people behind the biggest names in wedding photography and upcoming presenters of Way Up North in Rome 2017. My name is Jenny Hamar. I'm a Stockholm-based wedding photographer who is the host of this podcast. The following is a chat that I had with Heather Jowett in Michigan. I feel like we are kindred spirits, Heather and I. This funny girl uh, told me about her background in psychology um, and how she takes care of her couples. Uh, We talked about seasonal depression and taking care of yourself, her obsession with Harry Potter, uh, how her grandmother has inspired her, the way she got her first wedding, which is super, super weird and funny and interesting, um, among other things. So I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I always love the little like uh, Skype song. It's really like groovy, but What's I always the Skype song. The, like the the, the ringtone you get when someone's calling you on Skype. Yeah, cool. Maybe you're you're originating too many calls. So yeah, I'm just calling, and it's like, yeah. and then yeah. I get that. Yeah, Skype Maybe. feels like it was like ten years. I mean, like it's so old, right? Yeah, and I like. <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm the opposite of an early adopter. Like I will refuse to update any computer, like (laughs) computer programs need to like send a carrier pigeon to my house (laughs) along with like three telegrams, like in order for me to finally agree to update it. So Skype has been asking me to update it for, I don't know, years. And I'm just like, no, I'm good. It hasn't been years, but it's been a while, probably a year though. <laughs> well, I, I, same here before I started doing this podcast series. And then I, I got this microphone from Cole, uh-huh. just super high tech. And I spent about 45 minutes trying to install it according to instructions. And he was like, um, you just plug it in. And if the green light is showing, you use it. So I was like, well, thank you for that information. No, I'm completely the same yeah. way. And every time I have to like buy a, a new program, like update Photoshop, it's like, before you do that, you need to, you know, get the newest version of your OS, whatever. And so, yeah. like, damn it. And then I have to do that for an hour. And then it's like, oh, but to do that, you have to have the latest version of this. And then all those things that I didn't do forever, just yeah. like come back and bite me in the ass. That's pretty much how it works. I'm still like, I'm not even using the Adobe cloud versions of like Photoshop and Lightroom. That's like how far back I am. I'm like, I, I just refuse- literally two weeks ago <laughs> made the, pl- made the, the, what do you call it? The plunge. The plunge. <laughs> because I bought a new camera and my old Photoshop oh. couldn't open the files. I was like, all right, well, this is, I have to do this. It's time. Like I need to, <laughs> it's time. It's time. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. nice to meet you. You look amazing. Yeah. Thank you. 
Uh, I have this great pimple on my forehead, but other than that, I feel uh, <laughs> I feel pretty good about life. So um, I don't know if you can see this, but I got one uh-huh. right here. So I feel bad people aren't going to have the video to be able to, you know. Really bad. I'm actually in a makeshift podcast studio in my laundry room because it's oh. uh, evening for me. Ah. It's pretty late. So yeah. I am at home. And yes, you yes. are in Michigan, right? Yes. Yes. So you're like afternoonish. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a little after. It's like three fifteen in the afternoon. So yeah, woke up twenty minutes ago. That's not true. (laughs) You're not going to recognize me in Rome, by the way. Like I do have, oh, like I told you on this Skype chat there. I was uh, at a shoot today, and like I asked the makeup artist to like, can you just put some makeup on me? And so I like looked really great this evening, and then I just forgot that I was I had to like <laughs> see someone. New. There's no judgment. Anyway, <laughs> let's enough about me. Yeah, let's let's talk about you. <laughs> yeah, sure. So who's Heather? Who is Heather? Oh Jesus! Talk oh, to me. God, Wait, what am I? First of all, before you even get into that, I have I have done some. Yeah, it's Bill Murray. Yeah. It's Bill. <laughs> yeah, it's a painting. Um, for those of you who can't see, I'm in my living room, um, and a friend of ours, um, who is an incredible, incredibly talented painter, uh, painted us a painting, an oil painting of Bill Murray as Jesus. Yeah, it's rather large and it hangs over our mantle. Um, it's really incredible. Well, so. it's funny because um, before you tilted the camera up, I just uh-huh. saw it as Jesus. <laughs> Oh, do you, if you want, I'm on my laptop. I can I can bring it closer, but it's definitely Bill Murray. Yeah, I saw that when uh, you tilted it up. You were like, "Oh, it's Bill Murray." I'm like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> You're like, "Wow, this girl really loves Jesus. She is a giant." I mean, Jesus is cool and all, but Bill Murray. We really like, have. Yeah, let's talk about Jesus. Yeah, you placed it so significantly right above yeah. your head. Yeah, I figured. I figured. Uh, I mostly was looking for the corner of my house or the background wouldn't make it. Just how clear how bad my seasonal depression is, based on like how disgustingly dirty everything is. I was like, oh, this angle of my house is clean. We'll do it right here. <laughs> It'll just be uh, me and Bill Murray as Jesus. Yeah, for... me and Bill Murray are. But you have stockings. Okay. I'm also looking. Yeah, at some yeah. stockings. Uh, yeah, one is just a huge paw. Yes, we have so, two dogs. Two huge dogs, right? Um, well, no, one is, one is a normal sized dog. She's about like 45 pounds. And then the other is, um, a Newfoundland and she's close to like 120 and she's huge. Um, <laughs> she's also incredibly stupid. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, like if you ever experienced purebred dogs before, but they are so dumb. Like they are so, she so is. dumb. Oh, she's, so, I mean, she's sweet. I mean, why, she's so sweet. How, she's how stupid <laughs> Like, I I think it's only because our other dog is a mutt. So I can compare their two personalities um, and kind of see which one has um, a little bit more going on in between the ears, we'll say. Um, our mutt is um, has a very, like, nuanced personality. Um, she will, if you're sad, she'll cuddle you and stuff like that. She's very sweet. She'll kind of reflect and mirror back to you whatever you need. Um, and then the Newfoundland just kind of has one note and it's just like, I'm big and I'm coming for you. Like that's yeah, okay. pretty much it. Just like <laughs> yeah. give me cuddles and like. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Cuddle, 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 cuddle. Like one yeah. <laughs> word. Yeah. Just... yeah. They're not here right now. Um, I was just going to we say, maybe they can hear you. Like that's. Awful. Yeah. 
I wouldn't be speaking this terribly about them. They're at my in-laws right now because we were um, in Chicago this weekend. So they, uh, they watched them for a little bit. So, so nice. yeah, they're away. I was, I was, uh, so I listened to like two of the previous podcasts and I was like, Oh, she like looks at people's websites and stuff like that to get a feel for who they are. And then I you're looked like, at, right. <laughs> yeah, I looked at yours and I was like, Oh, she's lived in Chicago for a while. That's awesome. Cause we were just there this weekend. So yeah, I have yeah. in Chicago and I was actually just there visiting, um, in October, November. Yeah. So what'd you guys do there? Um, we mostly just ate ramen and hung out with our friends. <laughs> did, yeah. 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 We have, um, uh, two, uh, friends, they're married to each other, um, who are just, they're just excellent people. So, um, um, we head out there, uh, this is like our third year going out there around Christmas to visit with them. So it's kind of become a little tradition. That's um, cool. but mostly I just love foods so that we just go and eat at places and that's what I like to do. So yeah. food. <laughs> Yeah. Um, is Chicago like the closest big city around? Um, Detroit still exists. Um, so there's Detroit. Uh, we're like about an hour from Detroit. Um, definitely not as big as Chicago, but still like an amazing city that we love to go to. But in terms of like, you know, big major metropolitan areas, yeah, Chicago would be the closest. It's about five hours from us. So not too far to drive. It's like a not, I think, like a fifty-five minute plane ride. That's like a hilarious. It's plane like ride. a good weekend experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Detroit to me seems like oh, I just get like sad when I hear that. Or is <laughs> yeah. that is that unfair? That's it's it's um it's interesting because when you actually talk to people who are like around Detroit and stuff like that, their uh their interpretation of it is very different. I think with the bankruptcy and just with the history of Detroit, kind of the. Uh, Detroit's got a bad reputation, but things are changing in the in the city constantly. So I moved to Michigan when I was 18 and I'm 29 now. And when I first moved here, I probably would not have been like, yeah, let's go down to Detroit for the night and like hang out or go spend a day down there. But now I'm like, absolutely, let's go to Detroit whenever we can just okay. because of how much it has changed. Um, I Anyone wanting to know more about like, uh, I sound like such an asshole when I say like the real Detroit, like I'm in on something cool. Um, but, uh, Anthony like, Bourdain, time out Detroit. The, like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthony Bourdain on his CNN show parts unknown did an episode in Detroit and it is like the best primer on Detroit because yeah, it does talk about, you know, the fact that industry has completely changed there and, and left and stuff like that. But it also talks about the amazing things that are going on in the city and the way the community is and stuff like that. So I'm like, everyone should watch that. And then they should come visit Detroit because it's amazing. Like any of my friends who, um, whenever my photographer friends are in Michigan, I pretty much, um, have dragged so many of my friends through the city of Detroit and all of them are like, this is amazing. Like, you know, he loved it. So, um, I've never had one person been like, this is shitty. Like, why'd you take me here? So (laughs) what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) No, but of course, I mean, if it has amazing people just because industries have shut down, doesn't mean like there are people there. And, and new, new things are coming in. Like it's, you know, kind of your typical, as it's your typical story of gentrification in some ways, which is, can be really harmful, but, um, it's still interesting to see it happening in a city near you. So like, Right now, you know, property and uh, commercial space in Detroit is so affordable that it's like there are all these artists and, you know, new restaurants and stuff like that coming in because they can't afford to break into the market in a place like New York City or L.A. or Chicago. But in Detroit, the barriers to entry are so low that you get 
these really amazing people coming in and kind of bringing things in. And then when they start coming in, then, you know, the families are like, oh, this is interesting. I would like to be near that. They start moving in. And then the sad stuff happens when rent prices start to go up. And, you know, people who previously have lived there their entire life are priced out of the market. But we don't have to get that, that yeah, dark. Yeah, let's save that yeah. for the CNN. <laughs> like, yeah, the money let's talks talk. show. Yeah, let's not talk about the, the woes of gentrification. Uh, that would be a really... <laughs> Well, I have a few things to cover before that, but then we can get back yeah. to that topic because I'm happy. Yeah, to we'll, just, we'll just go back there. It's like, wow, that was the most serious, depressing podcast yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah. But was it uh, going to college that actually brought you to Michigan? Yeah, so my dad is from Michigan originally. The house I'm in right now is actually the house my dad was raised in. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. So when my um, grandfather died, uh, my dad and stepmom bought the house from the estate because they were intending to um, redo it and move into it. And then they were like, wait, this house is old as shit. We don't want to deal with that. And then I was like, I do. And so um, my <laughs> husband and I bought the house from them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I have a ton of family in Michigan. I spent, um, I'm from Virginia originally, but, uh, we come up here for every other Christmas cause typical divorced parents like had to spend one Christmas in one place, the next Christmas in a different one. Um, and then we would come up for a couple weeks in the summer every year and, um, a lot of I have a lot of cousins around my age up here, and uh, my cousins are really tight with one another and stuff like that. So I always knew I wanted to end up here, and then um, I also really loved um, the University of Michigan. So uh, that kind of brought me up here and all that good stuff. And then met a boy and was like, "You're pretty cool. Maybe let's uh, do this whole life thing together." And uh, yeah, so that's crazy. So so wait, so you you knew you wanted to end up in in Michigan, so you only applied to schools there then in high school. Yeah, pretty much. So what happened? So um, uh, for Europeans who are not familiar with uh, how college uh, prices work in the states, it's kind of interesting. If you go to a school that is out of your state that you have residence in as a minor, um, the tuition will be astronomically higher. So the fact that I, you know, lived my first eighteen years in Virginia and then wanted to go to school in Michigan is a huge. Uh, like, why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I moved up here. Um, I actually moved in with my aunt originally when I moved up here. She was kind enough to, I used to always joke that I was going to move up here and she would be like, yeah, you could live with me. And like, I don't think she thought I took her seriously. And then I moved into her house. Um, so that'll like, turn. Hello. Oh, oh, you're here oh, now. You um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, she's great and I love her. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I, uh, moved up here. I did the whole like community college thing initially, which was much cheaper because I could not afford to pay for four years out of state and then finished up my last about two and a half years at, uh, the university of Michigan. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, that was the way I kind of made attending that school out of state affordable, but I literally, I applied to one other four year college, um, uh, as a backup. Um, and I was like, cause university of Michigan. Michigan is like, no joke. It's a like academically rigorous and competitive school. So I was like, hopefully I get in. Um, but I'm just dumb enough to not really have a great backup plan. Um, and luckily it worked out. Wait, was the other one Kalamazoo? No. Um, so the other school, (laughs) yeah, Kalamazoo is a great, uh, I have a friend who, or I have a cousin who went to school in Kalamazoo and it's super fun to say. Um, (laughs) yeah, not as fun as Ann Arbor, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so uh, the other school I applied to was literally the only school in the state of Michigan with a photojournalism program because my 
initial plan was to go to school for psychology. And that's what I wanted to do at Michigan. Um, but I was like, if that doesn't work out, then I'll go to school for photojournalism. Um, so like somewhere there's an alternate universe, me that didn't get into the university of Michigan and did four years of photojournalism. And probably by the time she got out of school, <laughs> hated photography so much that yeah. she did her career in something else. And then, uh, <laughs> there's the me version of me, which went to school for like a more academically rigorous topic and then got out and went, Oh fuck, maybe I'll just do photography instead. <laughs> so, so yeah, so oh, it's yeah, I can rich. relate to that one. Like, yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. College is, uh, it's fun. It's but fun. no regrets. Or do you feel like, I mean, did you obviously learn other things than, yeah. And psychology is obviously useful. Yeah. But I mean, I yeah. I always say like, I don't use my degree. Um, my job, my uh, boss, who is me, for those of you who aren't understanding my sarcasm, <laughs> um, uh, does not give a shit about my diploma, luckily. Um, but uh, I don't use my degree, but I use my education all the time. Yeah. When I'm working, um, you know, kind of that experience of understanding how people tick and work and being able to talk to them about things like, um, you know, what's your uh, Meyer Briggs, you know, personality type and how can that influence how I'm going to interact with you and stuff like that. Um, Having like a background in psychology makes you um, really able to, this is going to sound negative, but I don't think this is a negative word. It makes you able to be uh, manipulative in a really useful way. Um, So I consider myself a very manipulative person, um, (laughs) but I only use my powers for good. Um, So so, Your powers. Yeah. Do you like diagnose people in your head? Like, oh my God, that person is so... XYZ. Yeah, I try not to do too much armchair psychology. Um, I'm, uh, I I really try not to. Um, My, uh, uh, my kind of goal is always just like, well, people all have their shit. And you know, everyone's (laughs) got a weird thing going on. So long as it's not getting in other people's way, it's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I find, uh, I find (laughs) weddings are interesting when you do have kind of this history and working knowledge of like mental illness and stuff like that when (laughs) you're at a wedding and like, you're like, Ooh, I can see a little bit of that. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I feel like the weddings bring out the best and the worst in some people. It's just like, it's so different. Some people are just like glowing and so, yeah, you know, just thankful and gracious, gracious. And then others, you're kind of like. Because when you see them behind the scenes, that's the thing. You yeah. can see those little like spurts of, whoa. Yeah. I'm so lucky. Like all my brides and groups, and I'm not just saying this because I'm like worried they'll listen to it and think I'm talking about them. Like this is a true fact. Like all, like my brides and grooms are just excellent people. Um, and so, uh, and so that's, that's really lucky. Like, honestly coming, it is almost never coming from the couple on a wedding day, but there's always like, I don't know the time, um, the mother of the bride changed into a floor length white gown at her daughter's reception that was interesting um you know like things like that and I'm like like a kind of wedding dress it was I I can't explain it she just literally the daughter did not even have like a change into a reception dress which was hilarious but yeah the mom changed into a floor-length white gown for her daughter's reception so that was um a thing that happened um, and yeah, when you have a history of uh, studying mental health and mental illness, you're like, ooh, that's really interesting. Um, but you, you can't allow the daughter like, 
Hey, I'm free for a session next week. If you wanna, <laughs> yeah, if you sit like, down and have a chat. Yeah, you have to kind of like put uh, put that in a box because you're like, wow, this is really interesting. I would like to dive further into what's going on here, but I actually need to be taking photos of these toasts right now. So, uh, so oh, yeah, you're like all wrapped up in like, wait, what's what's the look on her face? Yeah, yeah. But it's it it is good because uh, to a certain extent, like I said, like it does give you these weird superpowers. So you can kind of see early, you can see early on in the day um, if one of the bridesmaids is likely to be a problem. You can kind of start to detect that earlier on in the day, and then you can uh, manipulate things throughout the day t- to make sure that if she does become a problem, it's not near your couple. Like things like that, to where like you really like at least for me, like. Mm, taking or being a photographer is so much about taking care of people. Um, and so using that kind of skill set to make sure that, you know, shit isn't going awry is really, uh, really good. Just happy times. That's on a really good. Day. I mean, way to kind of cross. What's a good word there? Cross. Oh, do like a cross. <laughs> I don't have a good word. There. Yeah. Uh, let's like see this. What Into, I'm doing yeah. Here. To integrate your form. Yeah. Thank you. your career. There you go. Yeah. Thank you very I'm much. like, I can come up with a word. Sure. <laughs> I'm just like doing hand gestures right yeah. now. Yeah. I, um, um, I think that's awesome, but yeah. I think that like, it's fun to hear kind of what all these photographers are bringing to the table and what kind of what the, their backgrounds are obviously influencing yeah. what they do, but what they're good at. Yeah. So, so would you say you're like, I mean, like, what do you like when you're photographing weddings? Are you, how involved are you? And are you like, yeah, getting them in a good mood? Are you trying to get them relaxed? Or are you just like, you know, kind of? Up yeah, the wall? so um, I uh, definitely on it's funny, because I uh, did not get into weddings to fulfill like and didn't even really get into photography to like fulfill this creative impulse in myself. It was, um, I think, I, I can't discount it too much because obviously the fact that I am a photographer doesn't mean that I'm creative in some way or the other. But um, truthfully, I've just always really loved and been fascinated with like human behavior and uh, why the fuck people are doing the things they're doing. Like, why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> like it's really interesting to me. Um, I, uh, I can talk about that kind of stuff for a long time. And, uh, and to me, weddings are this super great little concentrated um, environment of just like really interesting interactions and a lot of them are great and beautiful like it's people feeling emotions really strongly or coming together and seeing one another after long times apart and like all these different like really amazing things sometimes really interesting stuff is happening like mom putting on the floor link white gown I just keep bringing that up um but uh, but it's kind of key yeah yeah but it's just like it's like one of those environments where it's like if you are in any way kind of um uh pleased by human behavior it's uh like a good way to get like a fix it makes it sound like a drug almost um but yeah it's just this yeah it's just this like full frontal assault of it um so yeah and then in terms of like on the actual wedding day like how I'm kind of interacting with people I'm um I'm one of those uh my Meyer Briggs personality type is um uh um I always think of it as like a charming terminator. So um, I'm in <laughs> a, a char- like yeah. like yeah. going full force. You mean? Like- well, like um, having that like terminator vision to where you can like scan a room and just understand oh, yeah. what's happening. Um, so uh, I'm an ESTP, um, which is 
Han Solo's personality type. Hopefully that will help people <laughs> contextualize me a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, Han Solo, like everyone kind of finds him charming and funny and stuff like that. But at the same time, like he just has this uncanny ability to um, manipulate his environment in a way to like, you know, help him out. And it's just uh, very uh, capable and stuff like that. Um, and so that's definitely who I am. And then I have this, uh, the charming thing is especially useful because, um, I am an interjector. Like if I see something that is going to, uh, make my photos, uh, 30 to 40% better than I say it. Like if, if, uh, a flower arrangement needs to be moved off of a table so that I can get a good shot. Or if, um, the place the couple has been envisioning doing their first dance for the last nine months, isn't as good as this place over here. I tell them, um, I go like, yeah, I know you thought you wanted to do it over there, but trust me, do it here. And uh, the charming aspect, the, the charm comes in to where they just go, okay. Like, like, yeah, they're like, we'll, we'll do whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you say so, like, and that's kind of how it works out. Like, I just tell them, like, you will be much happier with the results if we do it over here. You're going to be happier over the years looking back on this and stuff like that. Um, like, and- never mind this moment being in the moment now. Think of every other moment after this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's not as if like a first dance that happens 20 feet away from where you originally envisioned it is a difference in how in your personal experience of that dance, because hopefully your personal experience of that dance is being with that person. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. But when you look back on the photos, you're going to be grateful that you did it like on the patio under the glowing, you know, beautiful lights, as opposed to just like in the tent or something like that. Um, so it's all about things like that, like um, kind of using that ability to scan a scene and know what um, what needs to happen and then having the personality in order to get people to uh, listen to you when you tell them. My husband, uh, he does some wedding videography and we've worked together on a few weddings and he is always shocked at the fact that, um, somehow people don't, he's like, if I tried to do any of the things you did, I would just come off as like a complete asshole, but somehow you do it and people just fucking love you for it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to say. Everyone loves Han Solo. Like (laughs) you're like, it's my STJ or whatever. you. Yeah. Yeah. ESTP. Yeah. Yeah. But I just imagine you like watching you and you're like, well, beautiful. And also, uh, like you said, charming. And you kept mentioning that you were charming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like at the end of the night, I picture you like with the family, like <laughs> cameras put away. You're just like dancing, doing like uh, the Greek just- dance. Or are you like, do, are you professional the whole time? Like, are you still mentally like, okay, I'm, I'm working, it's- I'm working. It's. A real toe, uh, a real line to toe for me. Um, I am like an extrovert. So of course, there is the part of me that just wants to be like, fuck it and throw my camera in the fountain and then like get in the middle of the dance floor. Um, but at the same time, like, um, I'm very analytical to know what I need to be doing in a given moment. So um, I my main goal is just to have my outward presentation. And that includes like, you know, the clothing I'm wearing or the way my hair is styled or whatever. have that outward presentation. And then also my personality, my facial expression, everything like that, be such a way that um, it just always makes sense for me to be where I am. 
be that, you know, like up on the altar over to the side during the ceremony or be that like in the middle of the hora getting a black eye, which is a thing that happened to me. Um, you know, like just oh having, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like just being, being constantly aware of like, is, does my facial expression make sense with what's happening right now? Like, am I, am I smiling while people are dancing? Am I looking like serious and thoughtful during the ceremony? Like things like that. Um, so you're so, thinking yeah. about things like that, like in the ceremony, yeah. you're, you're like, and yeah. Q tear going yeah, down the like, cheek. <laughs> that makes, that makes me just sound like a robot. But like no, I said, I it's like that Terminator, it's like that Terminator yeah, yeah. vision of like, um, being really aware, aware of the energy in the room and, um, making sure that you are, it's, it's like camouflage, you know, like to mm-hmm. a certain extent, yeah. it's complete yeah. camouflage, you know, if while the, you know, priest is praying over the couple if you look you know and it's not as if I don't respect prayer I absolutely do but if you like in that moment have the you know are are perceived to be respecting the solemnity or whatever of what's happening then um people aren't going to notice you as much as opposed to like if you're like yeah yeah let me get in there um and that works for some people but um it's just not my my chosen tactic my chosen tactic is to literally just like use everything including like my facial expression and the and the emotions i'm putting out there to camouflage me in the event yeah yeah. and sometimes camouflage is like yeah, sometimes camouflage is like yelling woo on the dance floor. Like sometimes right. it's the exact opposite. It's being like as big and loud as you possibly can because everyone around you is drunk and dumb. So, right. so yeah, it's like no, that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. The yeah. camouflage technique. Yeah, like I said, I'm manipulative, the but chameleon. I don't use my powers for good. Yeah, the manipulative the manipulative chameleon. Yes, exactly. You actually look a little bit like it. Just hit me who it was. I was like, who does she look like? And I do this to everyone. It's so oh, really? annoying. I have to find someone that everyone I look at, I'm like, you look like so-and-so. And they're like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know who I'm going to say? No, I have no idea. I yeah. always get different ones. So you do? yeah, I feel like it always has more to do with what my hair looks like in a given moment than okay, like, yes, what my- this has a lot to do with your hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but okay. So look at yourself right now and guess okay. who I'm going to guess or say, I have no fucking idea. Um, honey boo boo. I <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Bill Murray. No. Um, oh, yeah, that would be Jillian Anderson. Is that her name? Oh, wait. Jillian Anderson? Jillian. Uh, oh, from the X-Files? Yes. Oh, my God. So that's the only person that I've gotten consistently. And first of all, that uh, is a giant compliment as a girl who uh, grew up on X-Files and thinking Scully was a complete bad- badass. Like, um, and then also, um, Jillian Anderson, do you know who Kate McKinnon is from SNL? Which um, one is she, she? She was in the new Ghostbusters movie too. She, um, has been playing Kellyanne Conway lately. Um, she's, she's really hilarious. Um, she's amazing. Uh, and she happened to say in an interview cause she is gay and she happened to say in an interview that like Jillian Anderson in X-Files was like the woman that made her realize like, Oh wait, I like ladies. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm not gay, but like for Kate McKinnon, like maybe I would. And so I'm like, hell yeah, I got a chance, even though I don't and have a so chance. so you're like I'm happily married Jillian and all Conway. that good stuff. But still, it's like, oh man, you know, but if, just if you never know if in another, <laughs> maybe that other girl in the other dimension who actually studied photojournalism, she's actually Somehow. right now together with yeah, yeah, in exactly. her other dimension. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, who knows? Have a think on that one. The universe is a complicated place. Um, Anyways, yeah, definitely yeah. uncanny resemblance. Well, that's very that's very kind of you. 
I think it's also because my mind is just incredibly brilliant. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. And you're in like this like freaky place right now. Like looking around you, you look like you're in this in the stage of a like a TV series or something. It oh, really? Like a set. It's just my really pretty fireplace and my Bill Murray painting. You know, oh, it's your Bill Murray. Yeah. So you're bringing this to Rome. What was it like when they asked you to? I'm sorry, I'm totally switching gears here. No, that's good. I like that. They um. What happened? They emailed you. Um, Yeah. So um, I have, I think I have two people to kind of thank for the fact that I'm going to be at way up north. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit and not giving my own, you know, the badassness credit. Um, But uh, I spoke at uh, Canada Photo Convention in April. And um, Ollie Sansom and Sam Hurd were both there who are both friends of mine and they saw my talk. And then pretty much immediately after CPC, they went to Rome to speak. That was Rome, right? Not Stockholm. I don't know. Who cares? I'm pretty sure Rome was in April last year, right? Yeah. 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 So they went to Rome to speak at way up north and they were both like, cool. Yeah. Good you got to get Heather in here. Like she's insane. She's, you know, she's super funny and great and has wonderful hair. Oh, that was the Canada Canada photo convention. Yeah. Um, and I had already, I mean, I knew Cole and Jakob. Jakob actually, um, photographed my husband and I on our honeymoon. Um, and I know them from this like Flickr group from way back in the day. So I've known them for a while. Um, but once I knew that Ollie and Sam had kind of like put in the good like word for me, I sent them over like my little, um, PDF that I have about my, about my talk and about, you know, all of that, what you can expect from it. And then they were like, right on, sounds cool. Let's do this. And then I was like, let's do this. And then now we're going to do it. So yeah. Like, and I just need a first class ticket. And <laughs> I would <laughs> not know jet. what to do with myself in first class. Like they would bring me like the hot towel. And then I would just like, I don't know, wrap it around my cold feet or something. Would I would absolutely like, make a fool of myself. Picture of yourself immediately and just like send it to everyone, like, oh my god, everyone, I'm in fucking first class. I would, I would hope that I would be cooler than that, but history points to no. I would probably just geek out immediately and like just live stream the entire thing on Facebook. Be like, the stewardess is back. Um, Periscope. You're like Snapchat. <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, so uncool. Yeah. She's so, yeah. such a first timer. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, I always like, um, I always uh, try to correct my couples if they ever like seem as if they might think I'm cool. Cause like I have tattoos and I have like a nose piercing and stuff like that. So sometimes, especially in the Midwest, people like automatically lump you in. They're like, wow, you're, you know, you're kind of cool or whatever. And then I'm like, I have read the Harry Potter books so many times and sometimes I cry because Doctor Who is not real. So definitely don't think that I am cool. Like and just... also my tattoo is a Harry Potter tattoo. <laughs> I do have one Harry Potter tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. I have two non or I have three non Harry Potter tattoos. Oh, but okay. one... Three non and one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one Harry Potter tattoo. Yeah. What is, what's the big deal with Harry Potter? I mean, what, <laughs> what's so great about it? I actually haven't read any of the books cause I want to oh. read them with my kids. Yes. I oh think my it's God. time though. So I'm getting kind of like, your kids? they're turning seven in, well, the oh. oldest are turning seven in like eight days. Absolutely. You should, um, you should also buy the, they're starting to make illustrated versions of the book, which, yeah, we, which we are like here. 
Yeah, they're super beautiful. Um, so I would totally buy those if it's like going to be both of your first times reading through them. Like, um, yeah. they're, I think they only have the first two books done so far. Yeah. Um, but it's really beautiful. But, um, for me, it's funny because, I mean, the stories themselves are great. But for me, um, the significance of Harry Potter isn't even so much related to like this story. It's about the fact that, um, before, uh, I used to really hate reading. I was not a strong reader as a child because I refused to let any of my like uh, family members help me or anything like that. Um, so I really used to hate reading. And Harry Potter, were, they, those were like the first books that I just like ravenously consumed and like really became like a page turner for me. Yeah. Um, and then ever since reading those, you know, reading those first three books, because I got like the first three books at once, I became like a much more voracious we- reader and still really love to read to this day. So um, to me, like the stories themselves are really significant, but it's more about the um, role that those books played in my life and kind of like changing my trajectory when it came to reading. And then it was also really interesting too, because I am a part of the generation that um, was pretty much the same age of the characters as the books came out. So like I was 11 when I got the first book. And then when the last book came out, I believe I was 17 or 18. So, and that's how old like the characters were and all in between. So you, um, there's like a group of us who are around my age who had this really unique experience of like, you know, when the characters are going through like their first kind of like high school heartbreak, you're going through like your first kind of high school heartbreak. And when the characters are like worried about fitting in and being cool and stuff like that, you're worried about fitting in and being cool. And so it's this like unique experience to kind of grow up with these characters in a, in a really, you know, kind of interesting way that uh, a lot of people who read the books don't get. So, yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I'm sold. Yeah, you should absolutely, but like, I think reading them with your, like my aunts and stuff like that, read them out loud with their children um, when their kids were young. And like, they always like talk about that as like such a fond memory, like family memory of like sitting down and reading Harry Potter books together every single night. So, um, so yeah, I definitely think it'll be, and it'll be cool because um, especially the first couple books are definitely um, like they're written for an audience that was meant to age as the books go on. So like the first books are definitely not as heavy as like the last book. Yeah. Um, so it'll be nice for you for those first few books to be like reading them with a kid since they're definitely like in terms of like storyline and writing like a little less mature, yeah. you know, yeah. to like kind of have that kid as your like entry back into that, you know, part of yourself or whatever. Well, We're getting fun. real deep here. Well, no, but I do. Yeah, definitely. But I do love yeah. that. I love that. Like reading with your kids like that, but they yeah. they love it. So yeah, I was just curious if it was like a little if they're a little too young. Yeah, I like. That could be scary, uh, I know. think between like eight and ten is a good time to start. Um, so I would maybe wait just a little longer. There are certain parts of the books that are like, like just straight up scary. So I would hate for you to like start with them too young and then then be like, oh, I'm too scared to keep reading this or whatever. Um, so yeah, that I, would be I've cool. been reading um, those same kind of books that have now come out like kind of illustrated. I got The Wizard of Oz, which oh, nice. I mean I grew up watching like that movie and yeah like I feel like I know every line yeah that but um and I was like oh that's pretty innocent in my head and then (laughs) I was reading it and it was like all of a sudden you're just like kind of into the reading reading fast yeah oh then the lion took the sword and just like chopped the heads off of these and I was like oh sorry I mean punched in the face uh, <laughs> like I have to read I have to like read ahead and see what I'm about to read because I realized several times that I was like yeah that's gonna give them major nightmares like yeah. right before bed yeah and so and they're like wait didn't you say it? and I was like nope just read nope. that wrong that was sorry not at all what it 
Sometimes grown-ups aren't good at reading. <laughs> I can't amazing. read that good. Yeah, live censoring books for your children. I never even thought about that aspect. <laughs> yeah, so you have to yeah. like kind of, um, yeah, just kind of tailor read. But um, yeah. anyways, lovely yeah. moment for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of chopping heads off, have you been involved? I, so like, as you saw that I grew up in the States and I have yeah. a lot of really close friends in well, in the Midwest and all over the states, but um, I'm just curious because you're one of the one of the like American presenters at Way Up North. Yeah, what you're feeling about the the election is? I mean, you don't have to go into what <laughs> who you voted I have, for. I have a really. I did not vote for Donald Trump. I'm just going to say that directly and very loudly into the mic. I would never ever vote for that disgusting, awful man. Um. Yeah. Uh, Seriously. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I just like tested the waters there. At least on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have I have like a killer. I can't like I've I've uh, the thing about my talk and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully this will get the people listening to this podcast who are coming to Rome excited. But um, my talk is like fifty percent informative and then like fifty percent just like stupid jokes that make people laugh um, because that's what I really I really love making people laugh. Um, and I totally came up with like a killer introduction for myself. That's going to take a little heat on or put a little heat on Donald Trump. So I can't wait. Um, Who will be president when you give this talk? I know. Yeah. And, um, my husband and I are going to India in January and we'll be out of the country on inauguration day. And I was like, that makes sense. That feels good. That feels good to be as far away in the world as we possibly can when that guy puts his hand on, I'm guessing he's going to choose like the Ted Nugent Bible or something like that to be sworn in on. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's really, uh, it's, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, so yeah, I feel very, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to put you on the spot politically. No, it's good. I just feel like it's one of those things that just feels like, I don't know. It's super interesting too, because I was in the UK, like just five, like five or so days before election day, I was in, um, in England and talking to people there and then being like, ha ha ha, Donald Trump or whatever. Like, and even like my husband and I were in New Zealand last year in October. And even then, like Donald Trump was the butt of a joke. So it's like everywhere I've gone, you know, like when I'm lucky enough to get to travel and stuff like that, people are like, he was like the butt of a joke. And now he's going to be the goddamn president. What the fuck? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think most Europeans and listen, we have our own, shit going yeah. on so it's yeah. not like we're the we have it all figured out and we have a lot of crazies too but um but like he donald trump is obviously on another level and i think that <laughs> people are like what yeah. have you done americans like what have you done yeah yeah that's the kind of like shock yeah. i think yeah it's still kind of reverberating through we're just still trying to one-up england like from the revolution on like you know american revolution take that england then england did brexit and we're like you think that's crazy yeah we're gonna show you crazy <laughs> we'll show you what we can do uh so yeah so um but who's who's even and then i promise we'll leave the issue but yeah who's, who's even like pleased at this moment oh so many are, are people people are pleased are like yes he's doing a great job he's oh yeah great it's 
It's really, it's really, and it's really funny to see like the contradictions and cognitive dissonance that people are able to hold in their head at the same time. So they voted for Donald Trump because, you know, they didn't like elites and, you know, like, you know, uh, elite people trying to rule the, you know, you know, everyday people. And then this guy has literally appointed like one of the most, if you're just looking at net worth of people, one of the most elite cabinets that have ever existed. And then they're like, yeah, his cabinet appointments are great. And it's like, I thought you were literally just saying about how you like this guy because he was a man for the common people. And then here he is appointing these people who are so far away from, um, from, yeah, yeah. It's just like this level of like, you know, just cognitive dissonance that, makes no sense like like makes zero sense to me and it's like i can understand like no no country has this like perfect political system figured out like um and i am not a person who believes in american exceptionalism mostly because i'm lucky enough to have gotten to travel to other places and see that like you know uh there are a lot of truly great nations in the in the world and so this idea that like you have to have this giant boner for america or else you're somehow like a terrible person i just don't um agree with that um so so yeah but it's just like i understand that like the system isn't perfect but like the solution to that isn't a fucking atom bomb isn't going like let's just regrow from the ashes because the truth is like the you know happily middle class people like myself my husband and stuff like that um, we are going to be hurt by the atom bomb that's going to be like thrown on the United States. Uh, we'll likely be pretty okay. We don't have kids, so we don't have to worry about Betsy DeVos dismantling public schools and stuff like that. Um, uh, and we can afford a home, so we don't have to worry about Ben Carson like ruining uh, housing and urban development, which is like one of the greatest things that can lift people out of poverty, you know. We don't have to worry about those things. Um, and then the people who are really going to seriously be affected by it are the people who don't have a political voice because they don't have money behind them. So it's right. really, um, I'm I'm wondering when the buyer's remorse will set in. There will be people who will support him no matter what, no matter what, because they can tr- uh, confuse strength with leadership. Um, and those aren't the same thing. Um, and they'll always support him because they have that inclination towards authoritarianism. And as, so, as long as someone is saying something loudly enough, they'll believe them. Yeah. Um, but I wonder about the people who really did vote for him because they, you know, thought he was going to be able to bring back manufacturing jobs, which is hilarious because robots do manufacturing jobs now. Like he's not talking about going to war with IBM, you know, like, and I, so I wonder when those people are going to go, Oh shit, you know, like, and my hope is, Uh um, it's in 2018 during the midterm elections. Uh, that's my hope for when it will happen. Um, but our system is so fucked, so completely gerrymandered and, um, and, uh, yeah, Gerrymandering is when they draw the district lines um, in order to favor one party or another. Um, Yeah, yeah. So literally, like, there are congressional districts where, like, a Republican cannot be unseated, likewise, for the Democrats. Um, So it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, the system is so fundamentally fucked that who knows if, if it will ever get better. Um, my husband's a Canadian citizen technically. So, you know, I got, I got a, I got a parachute I can pull. Um, is he going to build a wall between the U S and Canada? Um, if I was Canada, I would be talking about building that wall right now. I would be like, let's keep them the fuck out. Canada's going to share a wall and Trump is going to pay for it. 
Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, if I was in Canada, I would be worried about Americans coming into the country to steal their good poutine and maple syrup. So, probably, so yeah. Uh, probably making plans at this very moment. to leave yeah. the It does feel like we're a part of a time that's going to be like talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that'll be later. Like, remember that crazy. Yeah whatever four years or hopefully four years where like Donald yeah. Trump was the president like that was yeah. insane our, how did that happen our kids will have something to ask us about like what what was what was up with that yeah <laughs> and like what were you doing when you found out that Trump yeah. was going to be the next president yeah yeah the Which answer is, is crying in the fetal position in my bed yeah, uh most of us <laughs> yeah <definitely>. yeah <laughs> so Heather next year you're turning 30 yes what what day <laughs> and Jude. date uh, June 18th is my birthday. I'm Gemini. 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 <laughs> yeah. Gemini cricket. Yeah. I'm a Gemini cricket. That's my zodiac sign. Uh, Sorry. I'm like getting slapped. At me. No, you're fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like getting late. And I have a yeah. Um, so what are you going to do to celebrate 30? And part B of the question is what does it, cause I'm turning 40 in like a matter of weeks mm -hmm. so i'm yeah more 10 plus years older than you but do you have any like it i always feel like when you get to that kind of brain decade of a decade like yeah. you start to be like hmm what have i accomplished or what's who am i and all that stuff yeah do you feel any of that going on um, there's always a, uh, a certain amount. I feel like anyone who isn't constantly questioning, uh, their identity and stuff like that probably has a very low emotional intelligence. Um, so there's always a certain level of that, uh, within me. Um, I feel, I feel good for where I've gotten by 30. Like I feel, I feel pretty good about, um, where I'm at in, uh, like several areas of my life, like not to say that there's not room for improvement. There definitely is, but, um, I don't go into 30 thinking like, if only I had, you know, like, yeah, which yeah. feels pretty good. Like I um, thought I would have this by now. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to be able to like, uh, pay my student loans off before I'm 31. So technically like when I'm 30, I'll still pay them off. <laughs> yeah. So During that feels really amazing. Yeah. Um, that feels like a giant <laughs> accomplishment. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I feel like there's, um, by the way, I still haven't paid mine off. So, Oh, good. For oh. That thing. <laughs> we'll just have a nice, like a nice hug, a nice cuddle in Rome. Just yeah. thinking about the and state of like, student loan debt and yeah. And yeah. Just, yeah. Cry. Yeah. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty grim. I feel, I feel pretty, I feel pretty good. Uh, I still uh, work in a few different ways to improve myself and uh, have some struggles that require, you know, a little bit more attention and stuff like that. I have, uh, I have like seasonal depression, which is really fun when you live in the Midwest. That's a great thing to deal with. Do you um, mean so from um, the darkness, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Or, yeah. 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 That's huge uh, here. Yeah. I mean, so, not to be like trivialize it, but I mean, in no, Sweden, no. we have like. Yeah. It's I, like really, it's what the sun's out for like two minutes this time of year in Sweden or <laughs> uh, were literally tomorrow is the um the solstice or whatever right yeah so yeah uh, I mean by like 2 30 p.m here it's really dark 
Yeah, that's and incredible. it doesn't get light until really like 9, 30, yeah. 10-ish. I mean, and even then, you know, the sun only grazes yeah. on the horizon. So it's yeah. today was, was sunny for the for a few hours, but we have had, I mean, we can have periods of weeks where it's actually yeah. really not sunlight. There's no yeah. sunlight. Um, so. Jonas was telling me about, uh, about, uh, cause we were talking about this in the UK and he was saying how it's a common thing in Sweden for, um, them to do light therapy on the back of people's knees. Oh, I didn't it's know about the knees. <laughs> I felt, I felt like maybe he was just making something up, but he was saying like, yeah, they shine the light on the back of the knees because the skin is thinner there or something like that. He might, he might just be full of shit. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't know about the back of the knees. We'll have yeah. to, yeah. we'll, we'll have to we'll ask him. But, um, research that. We'll research yeah. that. But definitely light therapy, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I bought myself a beautiful sun lamp this year. It's like pyramid-shaped, and it sits on my desk. Um, and so that's really great. And then um, have been doing, like, the thing that no one wants to do when they're dealing with depression, which is, like, attempting to exercise every now and then and stuff like that. And that's really good. And then um, I've been doing... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, so I was gonna say, how did you realize it was se- seasonal depression? I mean, um, it's definitely uh, uh, a thing I uh, started to figure out when I moved to Michigan because it wasn't um, something I had dealt with in Virginia, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, so yeah, um, mostly because I can. Um, you can really notice the difference uh, when, let's say, during the winter, you do take a trip to somewhere that's like sunny and beautiful and has nice long days. You can really easily notice the difference in yourself. It's hard to notice when you're in a depression. Um, it's kind of like that that um, that idea of like a frog being in water that's coming to a boil and the frog doesn't really notice. That's At right. least for me, that's kind of how it is. I don't really notice that I'm not feeling uh, as good as I normally do. But then I go to a place like... Florida or we're going to India next month for like a extended trip. And then I go, Oh shit, no, this is how I normally feel. This is like the, you know, yeah, yeah. And so that makes it a lot, a lot more um, evident, but, um, it's, this has definitely been, um, uh, one of the easier transitions I've had into the winter, just because I really prepared myself heading into it in order to put things in place that were going to make it easier. So, um, so that meant like strengthening social bonds before I headed into the winter season so that I'm not like alienating myself. And then, you know, like sun lamp getting routines in place for like, you know, just physical care and stuff like that. Um, and then also planning a lot of travel. Um, I yeah. travel, you know, we do try to travel a lot during the winter just because a, it's the, only time when we really can because during the summer my life is on fire um because of wedding season yeah so um so yeah so um trips are kind of this weird little like beacon like amulet you can like hold on to and like you know know are coming and that you know you'll feel better and stuff like that so um I'm really excited about uh getting out of Michigan for a little bit and stuff like that it'll be really good so So, that helps having knowing that you will get to maybe either any place but (laughs) yeah a sunny place then yeah exactly and it's just that um just for me like in terms of like the way my my personality type is and stuff like that like very um strategic and analytical so just having um like literally just thinking about like how can I 
approach this as like a problem with a strategic answer as opposed to getting so caught up in the emotional aspect of it, of the feeling bad aspect of it, and just make it more about like, what can I put into place strategically to make this easier on myself? And uh, I think kind of coming to that realization um, and approaching it in that way has made it much, much better. Like, um, I honestly feel pretty damn good, um, which is, which is nice. So, so yeah. That's good. So talk about learning about yourself and developing, I mean, coping skills or whatever you call it. Yeah. That's good. So you're, you're heading into your thirties, like pretty well equipped with who you are. You got the job that you love and are obviously good at, or you wouldn't be where you are. Bill Murray as your Jesus, (laughs) your husband. Awesome. Traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, I, you know, I don't want to like, I feel like, (laughs) I feel like the evil eye is listening and like, now my life is just going to turn to shit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, uh, In general, uh, I have a pretty optimistic uh, out view on uh, things going forward and and stuff like that. I guess if uh, I were stock, I would invest in myself. That's awesome. Oh, that's a nice way. Totally. I agree. Yeah, you can use that. I I'm consent. Use that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, I feel uh, pretty good. I, uh, yeah, yeah, there, you know, there's, like I said, there's always room for improvement and stuff like that. But overall, I feel uh, like I don't have this foreboding dread about like turning 30, like I said, or like this feeling of like what I could have shut up or anything like that. Um, yeah. Mostly because I've been, um, uh, so uh, I'm just going to keep going back to my Meyer Briggs type or uh, Briggs Meyer type because uh, I uh, I just do that all yeah, the time because no, I'm a psych major. But um, uh, ESTPs are also can be like a bit of risk takers. Um, so uh, we have a really easy predisposition to gambling because of that, which I've like I've gambled once in my entire life. So luckily that's not a problem for me. But I think that um, that predisposition towards you know taking risks and stuff like that has is one of the things that has allowed me to get to where I am now because like truthfully like um going into a career in photography when you had like a crushing amount of student loan debt and stuff like that on top of you was a huge risk you know um applying to speak at your first conference when you don't have like a large social media following and like a you know big audience and a lot lot of people who care about you or know who you are was a huge risk that somehow paid off um so so yeah I, i just feel like in general um kind of that that tendency to be like, ah, it's fine, just jump in is uh it helps served you, you to- well. Yeah, yeah. Luckily it served me well. I'm sure a lot of people it has uh not served them well because them it was and stuff. Yeah. Or like someone passed them a crack pipe and they're like, oh it's fine, just jump in. Um luckily that wasn't <laughs> luckily the option. no one has hasn't yeah. passed your crack pipe. Yet. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't the risk that was presented to me that I went, Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Um <laughs> fine. it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I I'm sure this will turn out well. Uh, but yeah, I feel like, uh, in general, I feel, I feel good. Um, so, so we'll see who knows. I may go to Rome and I may just completely bomb and Europeans may not find me funny. Um, and then I'll just cry forever and it'll be fine. I think, um, I think first of all, you're, you are obviously funny. Um, if it was Sweden, people would be like, you know, people are so pretty reserved. I mean, I, I was laughing probably the loudest for most of the <laughs> funny things. Like I'm, yeah. I was like still laughing after the jokes over and everyone's yeah. like, 
Okay, like we get it. Um, but <laughs> Swedes are like, oh, oh, oh. but I, I have yeah. a feeling Italians are a little bit, if, yeah, as long as, yeah. as, as you maybe don't talk as fast as you, yeah, I mean, I, I can know. obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's what I you may honestly have to slow like, down the talking a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to have to practice like making sure that I hit the jokes like in a way to where. Not to where the joke is understood, but just to where what I'm saying is understood because I've heard from like people in the past who had accents or whatever and, and spoke at way up north that like sometimes their jokes didn't hit hard because people were understanding the accent or the slang or whatever. Yeah. And it's like my entire talk is so heavy on jokes that like if the jokes don't hit, then I'm like, what am I doing here? I might as well just leave. Like, and so, so yeah, but literally the opening slide of my talk like begs people to laugh. So um, hopefully that'll be well, a good I'm there, I will, you know, I'll be like, I'll just, I'll just you're bring like, you up on stage and be like, <laughs> just talk if, to me and you'll yeah, be fine. If you see Jenny laughing, you all have to laugh. That's just the laugh. rules. Yeah. Hold up yeah. applause. Um, yeah. I thought I would mention too, before I forget the, what we talked about, cause not, I bet a lot of people won't know, um, the Myers-Briggs personality type indicator, yeah. I think it's called, right? Yes. And you can like MBTI. look it up online. Yeah. MBTI. Mm. And it's like, yeah. You can, I think you can do like a little light version free online kind of. Yeah. Yeah. 16 personalities.com has a, has a fairly good one for it being like an online metric. Um, but, uh, I can, I can give the psychology major answer onto what it is, but essentially it's like a test of personality based on four metrics. Um, and it's really reliable. And one of the ways that you like test reliability when it comes to tests like that is how, um, how consistent uh, results are. So like retest consistency. So like if you take the test multiple times, getting the same result every single time, um, because there's too many questions for you to like remember and answer exactly how you did every time, every time you'll answer a little bit differently. But um, for the most point, or for the most part, when people answer, they're going to get like the same result regardless, unless they're really borderline on one of the metrics, then, you know, sometimes one of their letters might switch back and forth. Sometimes I'm an ESTJ, but, um, it's a super good test. And I feel like everyone should take it and then read about their personality type and then think about how that, how they can use that in their photography career. And like, I really, truly believe that. In fact, I've thought about like my next talk, developing a talk just about, yeah. the uh mbti and how like and how you can use that to kind of like life hack your photography career because yeah. i feel like it totally yeah it totally can work to people's advantage every time i find out like I, you know i have a lot of friends who are photographers and every time i find out they're like meyer Briggs personality type i'm like yeah that makes sense like in terms of like how they approach their work and stuff like that i'm like yeah of course you are of you course, know so yeah, it's like totally. yeah 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 no but i think yeah. it's uncanny because you it, it's it's weird because when i i mean i did it way way back but mm-hmm. i remember reading about my type and being like oh my god that's totally me how does is it like watching me yeah like you're just like that's me yeah it's creepy and yeah. then you feel kind of a sense of comfort like okay well yeah all right so there's okay. others and <laughs> yeah and yeah. also like it's okay <laughs> i guess for some people it can have the the like a bad consequence of like making them feel not special like oh am I this you know predictable Predictable, that this test these four little letters can say so much about like who I am and stuff like that but at the same time I feel like it's you know I don't know it's really it's really useful and considering um 
people are notoriously bad about being in touch with who they are and um, understanding themselves. Like it's just not a thing that we put a lot of value on. Um, I feel like for people who are uh, especially have a hard time with that, knowing like taking a test like this and then being able to see, like being able to get like a little insight and see that things make sense is kind of can be like the beginning of that. Like, Oh, I'm starting to kind of figure myself out a bit. That's cool. No, that's huge. I mean, definitely. So everybody should should try that. It would be totally like take it. good for like the after, yeah, after the parties discussions yeah. in Rome. Have you been to Rome before? I haven't. Um, I've actually never been to like mainland Europe. I've only been to the UK. So I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm basically my plan is to um, eat a lot of pasta and to hopefully not fit into my jeans when I get home. Like I just want to, you know, like eat so know that I ate so much that I need a new pant size. Um, yeah, that's I mean, you're I there know. for a few days. You can always yeah. like just go wild, you know? What yeah, I mean? yeah. What, yeah. what so, in your opinion or what in your like imagination, what, like, tell me, what, what do you expect from like Rome, Italians, Italy? Like, what's your, yeah. what do you think it's like? It's so tough because like I just went to London for the first time and London was not at all what I was expecting. So now I feel like, like, oh, don't make any predictions. Like, I just imagine everything is going to have like a warm visco filter over it and be like really orange and ambery and like and like every everyone's just going to be like somehow kissing one another on the cheek without looking awkward which is like not a thing I've mastered. I always go in for the wrong side. I'm like, "Uh, I hope to god this person I'm meeting is not a cheek kisser cuz that's not a skill I've learned living in the United <laughs> States." Um, so so yeah, uh, I uh, yeah, and I just imagine everyone's going to be able to walk around in high heels really effortlessly um, on cobblestones. Cobble yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, that's 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 just what I imagine is going to happen. A lot of tasteful leather bags. Um, yes. Yeah, I, am I am I am I close? I like, think that's pretty true, actually. Yeah, but... and then the Pope's just like hanging out, getting gelato. <laughs> the Pope, that's the uh... Pope-mobile is just driving by now and then. <laughs> he doesn't use the, the Pope Mobile. That was the previous guy. This guy's oh. like, I don't need no bulletproof glasses. People love me. This guy has no Pope Mobile. Oh. Francis does not drive in an enclosed, uh, an enclosed vehicle. He'll just drive like in a convertible, like JFK style. Um, so hopefully it works out better for him. Than it did for JFK. Uh, that was really grim, dark joke. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like I just gave me no. That's awful. But are you going to yeah. leave some time for like sightseeing and stuff, or are you in and out? Yeah. So I think I'm actually gonna. So uh, my cousin is getting married in Georgia the Saturday after way up north. So I think I'm uh, going to come in early, quite a bit early. Um, which I liked. I did that when I spoke in the UK, and that was nice, just because my body was like starting to understand the time and stuff like that by the time I actually had to talk in front of people um so yeah so uh I'll probably come in a few days early um and kind of get the lay of the land get my you know internal clock adjusted a little bit and then hopefully just like smash it at the at the conference and then just like hang out at the party and do hood rat shit with my friends and then head home to my cousin's wedding so so yeah but I'm I'm really excited like uh I you know Oh, I hopefully is Rome beautiful in April. I really hope it is because Michigan can still be pretty shitty that time of year. No, I so. think you'll be going. You'll be heading in the right direction there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I can't make any promises, but yes, yeah, it should be. They're gonna get a freak snowstorm. <laughs> I'm just gonna. <laughs> I doubt that. 
<laughs> yeah. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Well, I can't yeah. wait. I hope I, I hope I, I, I'm not sure if I'm going, but I'm going to try to. You should totally come. I need I someone to laugh totally loudly. Come. I like, would love to. I'm just dying to. So I, I like a few. Work. Yeah, a few of my friends are also speakers, so I'll be able to just like yell at them and be like, laugh. Uh, sit in the so front row. yeah, sit in the front row and laugh. That's what I did at um when I spoke at Canada Photo Convention. I pretty much uh, it was this really great feeling, but like a lot of my friends were at that conference and like literally they were like in the front row and sitting on the floor in front of the stage, and I was like, oh, all my friends are right here, like being nice to me because that was the first time I'd ever spoke. So super nervous. If I, yeah, I would have been like, do not come in. <laughs> if I know you like yeah I'm a little if bit it different had, like that yeah yeah if it had been my husband I would have been like please sit behind a column um <laughs> because if things aren't going well and I see you then I'm just gonna like want to be like you know what f this I'm just gonna go hang out with my husband <laughs> this isn't going well um so uh I need you to hide f so this. that uh, <laughs> so that I can't uh I can't use you as an escape plan, but uh, when it's your friends, you're like, oh, okay, you know, this will be, this will be fine. At the oh, end of the day, these people are probably still going to like me, so you know, it'll, it'll be good. That'll be good. Well, good. You're yeah. a good support team. Well, I, I really hope we do get to, yeah, to meet up there, and I will laugh at your jokes. I promise. I have yeah. had a really good time talking now. Yeah, you'll have to submit your book report on uh, the first Harry Potter I, book by the because I, I, I saw those <laughs> illustrated versions, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time. Yeah, actually. yeah, for sure, for sure. To, like actually buy it, not no library copy, but like go buy it and like yeah, yeah, maybe even birthday. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Maybe yeah. I have you to thank. Yeah, <laughs> I bu- I've been buying them for my niece um, every year. Like I say every year. This is only the second year, but like last year I bought her the first one illustrated, and this year I bought um, them the second one so that hopefully you know in a few years time they'll have like the whole collection. Really yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. yeah. yeah. So, I so, want to yeah. just also encourage everyone who's listened, who's made it through this <laughs> entire yeah. podcast here to um, read your like website and your, cause you wrote some really cool things on your um, kind of bio and stuff. It was like a yeah. really good, you know. Yeah. Mom. Oh, the one where I talk about my dead grandma, that one. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I want your dead grandma's body. Is that weird? <laughs> Yeah, she's she's pretty smoking hot in that photo. Oh God, uh, I want to look like Grandma Betty. Yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, every now and then I get told I look like Grandma Betty. I'm like, I don't have a slamming of a body as she did, but uh, she did yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but that was really cool, and the way yeah. you got like, you know, your first I feel wedding like- at a carnival that was a little weird. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I no. I, yeah. Yeah. That's how I got the job. The wedding wasn't at the carnival, but no, that's how I got the you job. Were, yeah. you, you were roaming around a carnival and someone's yeah. like, hey, do you want to shoot my daughter's wedding? Yeah. yeah. I absolutely should have been suspicious that they were trying to traffic me into like uh, the human sex trade. Um, <laughs> but instead I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. Um, Where do we so- show up? Yeah, like, yeah, no, no, exactly. we'll take you there in a van. Yeah, cool. they paid me to. Yeah, we'll take you there. In they a van. were carnies, I'm assuming. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I can't even like I don't. Yeah, it was just a weird. It was just a weird thing where like the universe was like, "What do you think of this? Do you want to do this thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not? Let's go for it." Um, once a again, crack pipe, but it was yeah, yeah, but it was a wedding instead of a crack pipe this time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, it worked out really well. Um, but yeah, I, sure. I wrote that big long bio. For those of you who are wondering, who aren't going to read the bio, essentially in my bio, I talk about this photo of my grandma when she was young 
and had a slam and hot body and how much it means to me and how it kind of makes me realize uh, what we do matters. If that's not obvious to people already. <laughs> Which part of it? What's that? Which part of it makes you realize that what we do matters? What do you mean? The actual, um, the fact just, that, yeah. Just um, kind of the, the feeling what you get when you hold a photograph like that, like um, the, the, that take, you know, harken backy feeling that, you know, that nostalgia that like, oh, this person is no longer, you know, alive. And that's what I always think about when it comes to our wedding photographs is like, fuck, this might be displayed at a person's funeral one day. And I may have already been dead for 10 years by the time it is, you know, like up at that person's funeral, but it's still like incredible to think about the fact that like, that's the, that's the shelf life and the longevity that these pictures have the potential to have. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at like photos of my grandma, when she was a young woman, she passed away when I was in middle school, like that ability to kind of give me this insight into who this woman was before I knew her. And like, one day grandkids are going to use their grandparents' wedding photos in order to think about who that person was before they knew them. Cause it's really weird to think about the fact that like your parents and your grandparents had this like big long life before you knew them. Like, like that had nothing to do with you. Like you were not a part of it in any way whatsoever right. because as children, we have such like self focused views. So it's just like wild to think about like, you know, that's, and, and one day if, if you have kids, then someone is going to think about the fact that, you know, the life you're living right now is the life they had, you had before they existed and stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it, you know, I, I feel like the take home of like every wedding photography conference is like, this shit matters you guys. Um, and so I try not to make my talk about that too much, but it's definitely a thing that's like constantly in the back of my head when I'm working and editing and everything like that. So, so yeah, but, uh, it's just, it's just a, a really interesting portal, like, like yeah. time, photography is time travel or whatever, however you want to think about it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It is time travel. I like totally. that. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? If you were stock, I would buy you. That's, <laughs> well, thank that you. should be a Hallmark card, by the way. <laughs> that would be really good. Yeah. If you were stock, uh, I'd, I'd invest in the ship. I yeah. invest the hell at Well, yeah, we'll cut it out so no one steals the idea. And then we'll yeah. do it. And then we'll go out to a fabulous dinner with all the money we make. Yeah. Yeah. Places. Yeah. All that good Hallmark money. Going to buy us a ton of gnocchi. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow I'll be like, why did I say that? That, that was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I got to stop doing these podcasts so late. Yeah. That's the, that's the, all right, darling. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this was cool. Yeah. This was really fun. Thanks yeah. for taking the time and, um, yeah, have a great day in your fabulousness. Yes. Thanks. I'll try. I'm going to try to make my husband take me to the Star Wars movie. So we'll see how that goes. Well, good luck with that. So, Have a yeah, great yeah. holiday season and yeah, all that yeah. jazz. We'll see you in a few yeah. few months in Rome. Yay. Okay, cool. I'm super excited, everybody. Me too. All right. All right. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool. Bye.